Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet, of course. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 20. Going to be hitting a little bit of a depressing breakdown of the Giants-Raiders Week 9 game, as well as what the Giants can really do after Daniel Jones' injury. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Giants Central. Incomplete! And the ball game's over! And the Giants have won Super Bowl 46! The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, y'all. Who are the pretenders and who are the contenders in the NFL? We know the Giants ain't contending right now, but we're more than halfway through the NFL season, and DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything and get 200 smackaroos instantly in bonus bets, and maybe DraftKings ain't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer every game day so get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL download the app now and use code 6sports because new customers can bet $5 on anything to get 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code 6sports the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net or if you're in New York call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. With that out of the way let's get into a very very depressing podcast episode because it feels like I say every week that it can't get worse than what it is now. And it just keeps it keeps piling on. It's like Dan Duggan, a athletic reporter for the Giants, had a really funny tweet where he's like, when it rains, the roof uh, caves in and you don't have home insurance. And it's just again, it's every week. There's just some new bullshit that us Giants fans have to endure. And entering this week, there's actually a lot of excitement because Daniel Jones was coming back. Andrew Thomas was finally making his return. And after missing, I believe, a week or two, Evan Neal is coming back from an ankle injury. But almost immediately, that hope was just ripped from our hearts because uh, after going down on a sack in the end of the first quarter, Daniel Jones was shaken up a bit. And then in the very first play, the second quarter, he went down with absolutely no contact after dropping back. And right then and there, everyone knew what it was. And now we have to watch the Tommy DeVito show. I will say... Daniel Jones didn't look very good in this game beforehand, but I really don't care because I hate seeing players get injured. And now I have to watch Tommy DeVito play football, who finished the game completing 15 of his 20 pass attempts for a touchdown and two interceptions. Both of these interceptions coming on back-to-back drives and just completely taking the Giants out of the game because at that point, after both interceptions, the Raiders scored on both of their possessions they gained from it, and the Giants were in a 24 to nothing hole. Overall, it was just another terrible game from the offense, but I don't expect anything less at this point, especially when you have TD Tommy DeVito in at quarterback. His touchdown throw to Wandell Robinson was nice, and honestly, his overall performance wasn't terrible for an undrafted free agent out of Illinois. I will say those two interceptions those two interceptions were really bad. Like both of them were really bad throws. And like, yeah, this dude isn't isn't an NFL quarterback. But after that, he played really pretty 
decently, I guess. Again, for a UDFA out of Illinois. But regardless, the hope for anything as the season goes on is gone. In just a couple of weeks, we've lost in Daniel Jones to, spoiler alert, a torn ACL. Tyrod Taylor, who had a rib injury, was put on IR, and now they're saying they don't know if he's going to be coming back for the rest of the season. Darren Waller was put on IR with a hamstring injury, which he's dealt with a lot in the past. And Graham Gano, who I talked about a lot uh, on last the episode before last because of his knee injury, was put on IR, is going to have surgeries done for the season. And offensively, I really just don't think there's much the Giants can do at this point. No amount of coaching or play calling can fix this unit, especially, honestly, with the coaching the Giants have. All due respect to Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, but I really think that they've kind of proven at this point that there's just not much they can do. I will say, if there's one bright spot from this game, it was Saquon Barkley. He didn't get as many carries as I thought it as I thought he would. I did make make a tweet where I was like, "Oh, he's going to end the game with 45 carries after Daniel Jones went out," but he didn't finish the game with 16 carries for 90 yards. And I'm kind of surprised that they trusted Tommy DeVito as much as they did. He, again, after the two interceptions, played fine, but overall, not a good game. Uh, Evan Neal got shit on another week and ended up re-injuring his ankle. And honestly, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Giants decide to do with him this offseason. I wrote uh, wrote about this in an article for uh, G-Men HQ where I was saying, like, this is the second year in a row now where not only has Evan Neal played bad, but he's failed to consistently stay on the field. And with all the tackle options in this year's draft, because I'm if I'm not mistaken, I haven't done dug too deep into this draft class yet. I'm pretty sure there are a fair amount of offensive tackles, not to mention there are a couple free agents this offseason. Um, the only really fun moment, aside from a couple of Saquon runs, was Wanda Robinson's touchdown, which was just a really easy throw. And I'm going to pull this up on screen right now. It was followed up with, honestly, one of the funniest and just depressing two-point conversions I've ever seen. I think the Giants tried to do some sort of Philly Philly bullshit here. And I want you to notice two things on this play. First, it's going to come right when the snap, right when the ball is snapped, just pay attention to the Raiders defense. And the other is just going to be how slowly this play develops. So they come out and, you know, run all over the field because they were, I guess they were trying to trick the Raiders defense, which didn't end up happening. Watch right when the ball is snapped, how not a single Raiders defender bites on this play. So Tommy D here is going to take the snap and immediately every Raiders defender has their eyes on their original assignment. None of them fuck up. None of them. They're all very well uh, coached. As you can tell, Patrick Graham is a great defensive coordinator. I was talking about that with Josh from Raiders recap on my thoughts on Patrick Graham and his defense. And I thought that they did a tremendous job shutting the giants down this game. Handoff goes to Saquon who then hands it off to Daniel Bellinger. And at first, the Giants ran a play similar to this last season against the Packers, where his handoff Saquon then handed off to Bellinger on an end around and he scored. But this time, I guess they wanted him to fucking throw it to Tommy DeVito, who was just, you can't see it on screen, but obviously covered well. And then not to mention there are one, two, three, four, five defenders in front of Daniel Bellinger, who just falls and throws that. Honestly, one of the most pathetic uh, two-point conversions I've ever seen. I don't even know what, like I get that it's like a fuck it play because the game is over and they just want to see what they can do. But like, you're just making yourself look stupid at that point. 
Like, I I hate Mike Kafka. I don't want to talk about the offense anymore. So we're going to move on to defense, which also looked pretty bad. Honestly, the only guys I can say look good from this game were Xavier McKinney, Micah McFadden, Bobby Okereke. Micah McFadden, I talk about him a lot. A guy I was very down on, negative about entering the season. And I had kind of the right to be because he looked really bad his rookie season. But overall, this year, he's looked really good, man. Like, I believe on the season, he's like, for PFF ranking or PFF grades, he's like a top five graded linebacker, or at least he has been recently. Bobby Okereke is playing like, I won't say all pro, but definitely a Pro Bowl linebacker. These guys have continuously been great, and I talk about, again, I talk about all the time, the Giants have not had a good linebacker core in what feels like a decade at this point. So at least if there's one thing I can say that the Giants have improved upon, it's their linebackers. It's a position I pay attention to a lot, just like the offensive line, but the Giants haven't improved on the offensive line. So at least there's one thing. Speaking of Xavier McKinney, who I mentioned before, he had, it's another week, another interesting Xavier McKinney quote in which he said that the Giants leaders aren't being heard in the locker room which could spell some trouble for the Giants coaching staff because honestly the track record for a play for a player saying something like this isn't very good it almost always leads to either that player being traded or a Josh McDaniels type of situation where the team eventually is just going to come together and kind of just kick you out I will say Andrew Thomas did come out and kind of like say like, no, that's not the case. But I feel like that's more of Andrew Thomas being a professional guy, not saying Xavier McKinney isn't professional. I will say McKinney has a lot of interesting quotes, but he's also very real. Like he that is a real MF right there because he always says what's on his mind is a very candid person. And it's a good thing. Like when he said after the Dolphins game that the defense didn't did not lose in that game. That's a thousand percent correct. I don't care that they gave up 30 points. They had three turnovers that game and gave the offense so many chances to come back and win that game, not to mention all the other games in which that has been the same case. It's really to the point where like, I want to keep Xavier McKinney around because of how real he is and how good of a player he is. A lot of people have been calling for him to be traded and I kind of get that, but He's a very vital piece of this defense as both a run stopper, which is what he did a lot and did very well this week, and as a coverage guy. And it's just that's not something I'm really willing to want to reset on defensively. Two guys who really disappointed me this game, technically three. Uh, we have Kay, we have Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence. Both of these guys were really quiet this game, didn't do much. I believe they only had, I'm going to look up their numbers very quickly. Yep, they only had... Between the two of them, four combined tackles with Dexter having three, Kayvon having one. And what's really funny, when I was looking at their box score earlier, Justin Pugh and Daniel Bellinger combined out-tackled Kayvon Thibodeau. They each had one. Kayvon ended the game with one, which is obviously not a good look at all. Um, Kayvon, I'm not like I'm not worried about Kayvon. He's had his bad moments he's had he's had his great moments like overall he's had a very good season I was hoping for a little more because like this Raiders offensive line is solid but not great um another guy who really was bad this week Deontay Banks has looked really good this rookie season but the last three weeks have not been too kind this game he gave up six uh, catches on 11 targets for 110 yards and the worst part about this he wasn't getting burnt by guys like Devontae Adams 
and that's really the only guy I'd expect to burn him. It was like Trey Tucker and Jacoby Myers, like right off to start the game. Jacoby Myers toasted him on a really nice, like a beautiful, beautiful crossing route. Then Trey Tucker got him deep. And after that, it was just, it wasn't a very good game from him. I'm not, I'm not worried about neither him or Kayvon. They're both young guys. They're going to have their rough moments, but definitely not a good stretch. Overall, the Giants really dug themselves into a hole. I don't want to talk about this game much because there's a much more pressing matter I'm going to get into. But for this game, the Giants just dug themselves into too deep of a hole early on, whether it be the Daniel Jones injury, the Tommy DeVito interceptions, mistakes on defense. And really at halftime, you knew it wasn't going to be a Cardinals type of game where they come back. It was 24-0. No one, no, we, the Giants were not winning that game. But I kind of want to sit here and talk about the rest of the season and going into next year, which is really depressing that we're at that point because it's only week going into week 10. <sighs> the Giants are in a really tough spot right now with the Daniel Jones injury. A lot of Giants fans are kind of coming to the conclusion where that he's done in New York, and I'm kind of with that. Daniel Jones has not played good this year. He's had far too many. That's two serious injuries on the year between his neck and now ACL, and when you factor that in with the fact that, again, he's not playing well, they almost have to replace him, whether it be through the draft or, I mean, there's not many crazy quarterbacks in free agency. Like, I know, like, Kirk Cousins is a free agent, but I think I'd rather not pay Kirk Cousins a shit ton of money to be, like, an above-average quarterback for us. Um, I haven't looked super deep into this draft class, and normally, even when I do my normal scouting stuff I do every year, I don't look too deep into quarterbacks because I've been lucky enough to at least have, like, oh, this is my quarterback going into the year every year. Um, I, But honestly, with what I've seen from this class, there's not, I'm not really high on a lot of these guys, like Michael Penix Jr., which is such a funny name, man. I'm going to slip up one day and call him Michael Penix Jr., and it's probably going to have some bad repercussions for my career, obviously in a more serious uh uh, place because this podcast is where I get to be more of myself but I remember Desmond Howard did a thing on the pregame show where he was like chanting that the that they needed to bring that big Phoenix energy and that's honestly a clip that's lived in my mind a lot but en- enough enough Phoenix talk um <laughs> this draft class is one where like I'm like I there's your Caleb Williams there's your Drake May and these are the two guys where like I'm willing to gamble my franchise's future on after that, I'm not, you know, I'm not maybe late first round or early second. I take it at some of the other guys. But, like, the good thing is, though, the Giants are in position to take one of them. Caleb Williams is probably going to go number one. Drake May is definitely, good, if I had to guess, would go in the top five. But even then, both of these guys have had really shaky moments as players that have made me question, like, can they be, you know, the guys that they're hype up to be? And honestly, it's probably just me being overly critical because I hate being in quarterback situations. Like I got to watch Eli Manning play quarterback for my entire life. And then, I mean, at least Daniel Jones hasn't been great. But again, season in, season out, I knew that he was going to be the Giants guy. It's just, it's such a gamble. And we've seen how often taking a quarterback high and them not panning out can set a franchise back. I mean, you can even technically consider that happened with the Giants with Daniel Jones. And it's just, it's tough. I will say that there have been a lot of like really annoying Giants fans who like very clearly hate Caleb Williams because they love Daniel Jones so much. Because after Caleb Williams lost his most recent game, he went to the stands and was, you know, 
with his mother, I believe, crying in her arms. And it's like, if you really view that as a negative thing, then like, you're just an asshole. <laughs> like you are just an asshole. Like, it, like that's a human being who just lost a very crucial game. And, you know, if you are going to act like they can't have emotions in that, then you're again, just an asshole. I like, I love seeing moments like that with athletes showing emotion because so often do we see guys like, you know, like a, a different sport, but like Kawhi Leonard just show zero emotion at all times and be robots even guys like eli and daniel jones for you know giants and football who like no matter what they always have like that just straight face and are, aren't really showing much um but overall this is probably as tough of a spot as i could have imagined being the the giants being in after they signed daniel jones to his extension I will say good job on Joe Shane. People can criticize him for re-signing Daniel Jones all they want, but he did a very good job of structuring it. I was looking at the breakdown earlier. If the Giants wish to release Daniel Jones next season, they would, I believe, take on a cap hit of 12 mil, I believe, would the math that I did that came out in my head, which isn't the worst. I wouldn't cut them because the Giants only have 36 mil in cap space next year and they have to either re-sign or make a couple of moves. So that's not really money you want to lose. But the year after, I believe that they'd only lose 4 million. Again, good job at structuring it to basically where if, again, injury or he doesn't play well, you can get out of it without losing too much money. I really, I don't know what the Giants are going to do for the remaining, what, nine, nine or 10 games of the season. Cause Tommy DeVito or Matt Barkley is going to be your fucking quarterback. And that's not football. I want to watch, but unfortunately I have to, cause this is now my job. Um, I really don't think this team is going to be able to win another game. I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Maybe the defense can help win another, win a game like they did against the commanders and almost did against the jets. But even then, like the offense is probably not going to score much for the rest of the season. Saquon's going to have his moments. Maybe Tommy DeVito can pull a crazy pass out of his ass every now and then, but this is such a depressing moment. Like I was texting my dad during the game yesterday and I was like, man, I just feel numb right now. Like there are no emotions coursing through my body while watching this. And it's kind of just the experience of being a Giants fan. Like sure. We've had our playoff, you know, appearances in 2015 and last season, 2016 and um, more like it. But even then, like, Outside of those two years, it's been really bad since the Super Bowl. And I'm very grateful to have witnessed a Super Bowl while being conscious. I've been alive for two, but I've only been conscious for one. Um, and it's just, it's rough, man. It's really, like, this is terrible. It just, again, it feels like every year the, the Giants go into the season with hope and then it just ruined instantly because of all the injuries and bullshit that they have to deal with. And, man, I... I'm like struggling to find words because like there's just so much going on in my mind of like all the potential things that could happen because between you have the Daniel Jones injury, you have this Xavier McKinney quote that could shake things up. You have the question of again, Evan Neal and whether you, whether or not you want to keep him around, then you have, do you resign a Dore Jackson? Do you resign a Zizo Jolari? Do you resign someone like maybe a Mark Lewinsky to, to continue being a good veteran depth guard, Justin Pugh, so many questions going into this off season and I don't have anything because I fully came into the season, maybe like, Oh, we're not a guarantee for the playoffs, but we made it last season and got a good bit better. Now we're week nine. 
We're two and seven, and I don't know what the hell this team is going to do. Like, that's all I that's all I can say right now is I have no idea where this team can go. And it's gonna be really like I don't like that this is a position the Giants are in, but at the same time, I do because like I don't like boring off seasons, and I've witnessed a lot of boring off seasons for the Giants. But this could be a really interesting one where we see a lot of things change, whether it be the coaching staff with players, personnel, whatever. And I'm kind of excited for it. With that being said, going to cut this episode off. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Let me know what you think the Giants should do this offseason, whether it pertains to Daniel Jones, Xavier McKinney. Even if you think that they should get rid of a guy like Brian Dable or Mike Kafka, let me know. Make sure to click that notification bell so you're uh, reminded of every time we release a new episode. Thank you all so much for watching. And I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.